You need to embrace capitalism. It is this hope which is the lever of progress. My favorite Fed. To keep one's reactions warm and true. They attack us because we're over there. Is to have found the secret of perpetual youth. Man, you're too pretty to be a libertarian. And perpetual youth is salvation. Salutations, sat stackers, and kin. You're listening to a boy named Sue. That is Mr. Sue to you, aka Phil Gibson, on the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast Network. And today I have an awesome episode for you with myself and Alex Kaufman, who is a Bitcoiner, Twitterer, Libertarianer, just great up, great up, straight up great dude, and really smart guy too. We talk about basically the dollar tightening thesis and where things are going, a little bit of macro, his experience at his father's hedge fund, and I was able to kind of build upon my thesis as well. So just all around great topics were discussed. And with that said, let's just jump into the episode. So before that, of course, mention to our sponsors, Shift Crypto's Bitbox 02. Go grab yourself one at shiftcrypto.ca. H and use the, the promo code Bitcoin made simple, all caps, no spaces. You can probably do no caps, but it's just fun to say all caps, no spaces. And you'll get yourself 5% off because if you've been paying attention to the world of quote unquote crypto, then you saw the catastrophe that was Terra Luna and also you may have seen the letter that Coinbase sent out. Basically, not your keys, not your cheese, especially when a shitcoin like Terra Luna implodes and when an exchange needs to bail out their their business, they can do that. They can do a bail-in with your Bitcoin. But remember, it's not your Bitcoin if it's on their platform. So cold storage is the way. The selling proposition of Bitcoin is not only is it sound money, but you can be your own bank and take self-custody of it. So again, Shift Cryptos, Bitbox02, go to shiftcrypto.ch and get yourself a Bitbox02 with the promo code Bitcoin made simple, all caps, no spaces, 5% off, and just sleep soundly at night knowing that your Bitcoin is yours. So without further ado, I'm going to move on with the episode with Alex Kaufman. And yes, we started late in the audio recording because I was being silly and didn't hit record because we live streamed this. But if you want to see the live stream video, I will include that in the show notes and check out everything else in the show notes as well. So if you want the full experience, check out the YouTube. And other than that, Alex, thanks for showing up. He was on a little road trip and he stopped by my neck of the woods, and it was just an all-around really fun, fruitful, collaborative conversation. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it. So, again, here it is. You're listening to Boy Named Sue. That's Mr. Sue to you. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review, and enjoy this chat. Thanks, Alex, and thank you all for listening. Enjoy. I hope that was recording the entire time. Because you not, would assume why, it's okay. whatever, fuck it. <laughs> hey, we're here. Welcome to a boy named Sue. That's Mr. CDU, a.k.a. Phil Gibson with Alex Kaufman. Again, 
this is a little strange because I didn't hit record, but I saw it when you're live streaming. We're live streaming back. That was the practice right now. That was the practice. Um, we talked it about serious now. booze and parallaxing, <laughs> yeah. but ooh, parallaxing like relax, parallaxing, <laughs> parallax, think, bro. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, you know, man, it's a good, it's a good all-purpose word. It is, yeah. yes, because yes. Bitcoin is all about the frame shift. Yes, the mindset. frame shift. Yeah, shift, yeah. Par- paradigm shift. Exactly. Is it paradigm or parallax shift? What's the difference between paradigm and parallax? I think the way it's used technically, the word parallax is uh, used to describe that thing that happens like in a side scroller video game where the background, you know, in like old Mario, the background and the foreground are moving at a different rate or something. But then you can, the secondary definition would be just any kind of perception shift or frame shift, right? Cool. You know how that they move at different rates yeah but so yeah you, anyway so i was so you grew up passing in, through austin and i was like gotta was that the first one that all came, the austin was Bitcoiners. that was that the first one on your list or just the last resort in the first one <laughs> you were the first phil first am i good at lying that's what, that's what <laughs> i like to hear that was it was nice of you though yeah for sure i appreciate that because that that's uh no i actually visiting family here in texas so uh you know wanted to when are you moving when am i moving to austin yeah everybody's leaving any day now new york any day now (laughs) i might not be able to get back but um no i i i just think that i think that you know anytime you actually take it as payment like that that's what i was reading at least about all the events that were going down i was super jealous and not uh make it for uh, what was the last big bitcoin event in austin i feel like that i missed uh but i think bitblock boom is going to be in austin the next one around i really want to go in to august that. yeah that's in august yeah mm-hmm. i i'd love to to come for that should yeah that sounds even really you, cool even if you don't buy a ticket and get like you know, hotel, resort, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just show up. Not I can like, just show up at the thing. Like, if I have the shirt, then I I get in, right? It's probably. Yeah. No, this you is, don't. You this don't get is my badge. favorite Bitcoin shirt. But what I'm you saying, you can buy is, a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can. Yeah. Get in what didn't know. Yeah. Um, and everybody should. But you can just show up like at the event because people are going to be like in the hallways and probably like like the bars next door yeah because i mean similar to what people did in miami people didn't even buy tickets and they just went because they knew bitcoiners were going to be yeah. there it's a good excuse to go to miami though good networking yeah for sure well yeah i uh i didn't get out much during the pandemic so this was my way to connect to people was uh this great was twitter was twitter spaces so and clubhouse i did get an invite to clubhouse i just never really used clubhouse very much um I, I got on there for a few of the Bitcoin spaces, but that's about it. Some people stayed, but I am just like the, the network effect. Like mm-hmm. Twitter spaces is better. That's where it's at. Maybe not. That's for, where it's all happening. I, I feel like Clubhouse has less tech issues because it's been around longer, but the, uh, I, I don't know. Like people still complain about spaces. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't like popped into Clubhouse to see what it's like but people will complain more about 
being dropped from stage and stuff like not because they get kicked off but because maybe they it feels crazy to say that twitter doesn't have enough servers so maybe people just haven't oh getting overloaded yeah i I remember that happening where it seemed like something on the back end got overloaded and the the space is just froze up or something yeah yeah so um maybe someone said the wrong thing i mean that probably trigger words (laughs) yeah so i don't um it's just funny like twitter being twitter like they don't have the resources and capital to be a better experience than clubhouses I don't know. Maybe Elon will fix it. What do you think? Maybe. Maybe. But then again, Twitter wasn't profitable from the get-go. I heard he was going to uh, start firing people pretty aggressively. Nice. You should. (laughs) But there were also a a ton of people that uh, were were submitting resumes already to work under Elon. They were all excited. Nice. To go work for Twitter because Elon has a huge following, you know, and very talented people who follow him. So. I wonder if he kept the HR team. Just think of like how awful that there, is going through. There's no way that HR like, team's gone. <laughs> no, no. Seems like probably, those are the gatekeepers that yeah. let in all the people that are, you know, anti free speech. So. He probably talked to people before he took, like, this is probably months in, in the making. Yeah. A few he was going to have do what. I've That's heard people who still don't believe that he, the transaction will close. I mean, when is the deadline? I, I don't know the details of how how the transactions are going through, but he seems pretty confident that he's already talking about how he's going to fire people. I mean, it's great. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be talking about that if you didn't think the transaction was going to close. So I, or maybe you would. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that the. Uh, I think that the thing about really Bitcoin right now is behaving like a risk asset for sure. And that's, I think the thing that credibility wise, we have to just take the bull by the horns and and deal with out there on Bitcoin Twitter as we have to um, talk about the fact that if your goal in getting Bitcoin is to make lots of US dollars and that's your only goal, then you better have a really good, I don't know, uh, short-term trading strategy <clears throat> to get in and out and, and just let it be that and ignore everything else because that's has that's nothing- That's what coins are for. That has, yeah, that has nothing to do with what Bitcoin is. Um, and, and so, you know, the people that are really- hardcore no coiners like a Peter Schiff or something like that, you know, they justify it by saying that in their mental model, there's no fair value, right? If the fair value in their mental model is that it's zero, that's worth nothing, then they could say, well, it's all, it's all a bubble. Well, my, my dad studies bubbles. So I had to dig in and I was like, well, even if we're going to have a dollar denominated bubble blown, which one's going to survive? Just like with the dot-com bubble, you had eBay, you had Amazon survive and become enormous companies from that. And Bitcoin is, is there's, there's no way that that is not the survivor here. <laughs> you know, we're going to see everything else just decimated uh, in this bubble bust cycle. And I tweet about how bearish I am. Uh, pretty regularly, partly because I wanted to warn people. Uh, bearish on what? 
on all risk assets <laughs> that were in trouble because the the central bank, you know, painted itself into a corner. Basically, when when you have inflation prints like they've been, you're talking about the actual currency being in question, right? And so, at some point, even if they don't want to admit it, their um, their policy has to also defend the dollar. And I think a lot of central banks try not to ever admit that they would look at, you know, the value of the of their fiat, you know, relative to other. Fiat. Well, yeah, that's why they've all been <clears throat> stacking gold for I mean, years and accelerating yeah, that. That's one way to do years. it for sure. That's that's I mean, and this notion uh, we have all these euphemisms and words for it, and this notion of Fed jawboning, you know, being a, a thing where, oh, they're just going to say lots of words and word salad. This is just accepted as something you say about what Fed policy is, is that, oh, well, they're going to jawbone the markets or they're going to jawbone the dollar or whatever it is, right? They're going to come out and they're going to pay lip service to the idea that they're going to get more aggressive or be a little less dovish and all these sorts of phrases, right? And, and ultimately, that's another way of sort of almost like Orwellian doublespeak. It's another way of saying, uh, we're not going to tell you what's actually going on. We're going to, and you will accept that we're not going to tell you. We're going to tell you something that you will then accept and describe as something that is not what's going on. <laughs> and that probably doesn't even make any sense. No, it, but, it, it, it does. Like. You know. I mean, whatever politicians or Fed chairs say is political theater to distract from what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And um, and to that point, what do you actually think is happening? Well, um, I, I think that a lot of what the central dogma of economics has been and why it became so irrelevant, particularly 08 and 09, when I was graduating with my, my econ degree, <laughs> was, was that you know, they didn't have, and Nobel prizes were being given out for behavioral economics and really digging into psychology and why do we have bubbles and busts and, and what are the individual economic agents actually doing in the system? Uh, and so that was happening alongside, you know, plenty of people just being taught the basic central dogma, lots of nice straight lines and supply and demand curves that, um, are are completely based on you know assumptions about rational behavior keynesianism well i mean keynesian was how do we elevate the state in terms of policy making in order to achieve all these other social objectives okay so that was sort of okay we need to bring in someone who's kind of radical in order to pull us out of the great depression right and so that radicalism fed forward into a lot of hand-waving and excuse-making for really, really bad economic policies with unintended consequences. So as a much more libertarian, you know, person, <laughs> I look at all of this as sort of a manipulation of, of human behavior and also, which is never good. You don't want to manipulate people, you know, against their will using money as this carrot and stick or regulation as a carrot and stick when all the nice things we have in civilization are from freedom giving rise to all sorts of cool, complex things, right? So uh, one of the things that, you know, got me more involved in my dad's business and uh, at the time after I, you know, 
had my degree was that he was kind of heterodox to begin with. He was like, well, it, nobody's going to pay for anything that doesn't work. So he was making models that actually worked, <laughs> that were actually forecasting, okay, here's where the stock market's going to go based on um, what actually back tests well, right? Well, why does that particular pattern back test well? It was this sort of log periodic thing that is nested fractal style in the price series data. It works because we respond to the price emotionally. And so we're sitting and watching charts for things that are freely trading at auction like Bitcoin. And we're responding emotionally to it in real time. So it goes high, we're happy, we take some profits and then it goes low because everybody's happy and they took profits <laughs> and then they're sad, you know, and then the, the cycle repeats and that feedback loop is what causes patterns in the price data. Well, as it turns out, if this graduates all the way up to be a bubble, a massive bubble where um, they don't let the normal stuff work itself out. The everything bubble. Right, if, if, if it graduates up to the level of economic policymaking and this well-intentioned central bank behavior, which is just really, really disastrous in yeah. the long-term, right? Because there's no free lunch, right? This is what Keynesian economists would never want to base their entire approach to econ on there's no free lunch because that's that's the whole thing they're trying to engineer their way around um is how do we shift costs other maybe other parts of society or to the state or something like that with keynesian economics but ultimately you know you never escape it there's always someone who gets hurt from from those kinds of policies so uh, anyway the point that i wanted to make with bubbles and busts is just that even if we're in a massive crypto bubble right now, which we are, NFTs are the bubble and I, I tweet as much, uh, <laughs> is, is that what's happening with the dollar and dollar denominated assets being bubbleized or the, the everything bubble there is that it's, it's losing credibility, right? So- Which is why they're tightening. We, yeah, well, exactly. Is that what's happening by them uh, causing some pain in risk assets right now by doing what a half a point raise on top of a quarter point raise is, I think, in their view, giving them back some of that much needed credibility. Like that's the apex predator of the whole story is that whether or not the Fed is credible, will they actually turn the screws on everybody um, and take the punch bowl away from the party? That was sort yes. of the. The whole point, right, is that if it if they aren't willing to do that, oh, we're courting hyperinflation, which, for the record, our true hyperinflation, it would be worse than a depression, a modern Great Depression. Even it would be much worse to go full Weimar Republic. Yeah. So um, probably probably doesn't last as long as the Great Depression, though, right? Well, I, I think is that it's like a. Bloop, bloop. Whereas, well, no, Venezuela is the modern example, because what happened with the Venezuelan stock market is they just switched it off, right? These things are all digital now. <laughs> so it went parabolic in Bolivar denominated terms, and then they just turned it off. And everyone's like, wait, where, where did my stock market account go that I was doing so well in Bolivar terms? Well, the and they're like, yeah, we, we really don't want you to have any assets. Um, I'm sure that was fun for you, but we're switching that off, you know? <laughs> Sure and then they start fun for you stockpiling tide bottles, you know, to store a value down there, right? 
and they showed pictures as like you know a credit to the gold bugs in venezuela they were shaving little bits of gold just at at food markets and stuff because you know the infrastructure has to exist for bitcoin to get penetration in terms of mobile phones and cell and towers and all the rest of it and so if you literally have to get food and you know that gold is somewhat still of a proxy for money and you're completely destroyed by a modern hyperinflation well that's what you do you don't bring a stack of useless bolivar paper notes you know to to your farmer's yeah. market you, you bring something that's at least physically small and somewhat verifiable you know by based on the weight or something yeah. like that so anyway yeah i mean to me it's really interesting because if this is completely a currency story what's going on with bitcoin it all makes so much more sense that's one of the nfts bug me so much <laughs> on twitter and the people suddenly getting hexagons for their nfts um that was just an auto block for me <laughs> because it's just except some people that just do like it, the apex of just some, oh my God, some people that do you know. that though are bitcoiners trolling because they think that they can go into a safe moon oh, room yeah and convert them and save them because yeah, well, you can't save them. everyone right that's no, bitcoiners <laughs> I'm not advocating that. Yeah. Brian. <laughs> watching you. Um, so yeah, if it's not Brian, oh, you mean Shinobi? No. Oh. Um, he goes by Brain, I believe. Oh, okay. I probably fucked up his name just now. Don't care. Um, so if this is if this isn't a currency thing, what else do you think it might be? Well, uh you know it it kind of has to be uh, a currency thing uh i guess you could make the argument that the the companies and and when i first really started looking at the um at the kind of stock implications because I, I i really mostly came at this from the stock market and tradfi i was like well i get the bitcoin story this is going to be especially hot with inflation and so one and I long some of the mining stocks for Bitcoin miners like Riot blockchain. And that worked out pretty well as things were going up. So I was sort of using that as a proxy in other accounts for just getting Bitcoin directly. And eventually I got converted to, well, I just need to stack a lot of Bitcoin directly yeah. myself rather than speculating in the stock of the company that mines the Bitcoin. But it's got a multiplier just like a gold mining or a silver mining stock mm. would have a multiplier and that's that's healthy that's good because you 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 want to see that kind of i know it's considered a commodity yeah and, and the central bankers like christine lagarde don't want you to say that it's a currency yeah and i think that's super interesting that they are so triggered by that it was like me thinks that doth protest too much yeah right? i mean the EU completely hates like this crowd. I call Davos as a lot of people do. Davos crowd, yeah. Davos sure. consisting of basically the EU, but those are the real, true globalists. And they there's Davos people in the current administration here, and uh, just WEF whatever. But they completely hate Bitcoin, and that's why I think they are more friendly to Ethereum. Perhaps they created Ethereum and just propped up Vitalik as their little, their little stage boy, but they can actually, yeah. it's centralized. 
or even like Ripple or whatever. But I'm, I mean, from what I've, I've heard, the regulations on crypto are a lot more intense in in Europe. And there's well, there's this there's this opportunity, I think, for the U.S. to actually embrace Bitcoin, whereas over there in the EU, they'll try to use some other other centralized crypto assets and have that be their try to you know quasi replacement of the IMF CBDC. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they were talking about special drawing rights, the SDR, way before you know, crypto and Bitcoin were, was sort of the dominant part of that, that world currency conversation. They're like, Oh, well, maybe that'll be the world currency is whatever they use these SDRs for or something. And, you know, this battle over there being a world currency, didn't really click in my head kind of the nature of that whole battle until I started thinking about um, the way the gold standard used to function. Um, and why it was a good thing. And so there was this one, uh, I think Steve Forbes partnered with PBS of all partnerships uh, to make this. It was an award-winning documentary you can still get for free online at inmoneywetrust.org. And I, I, I loved it. And he even mentioned Bitcoin at the end. Um, it's, a, it's a really good documentary. When was this? I, I don't know. I just, I tweet about, I tweet out that link sometimes in the in reply threads because it's, it's so great. Um, and the history there, if I'm poorly recapping, uh, is just that when you define, and Steve Forbes himself is basically in the documentary talking about this, when you define money, uh, almost like you define, say, a, a kilogram or something like that uh, as a unit of measure, and you, you have a, a, a equivalence, it perfuses just trust, uh, I mean, no, trust not distrust it refuses trust out into society um globally and so gold through the gold standard was a one world currency yeah but it was only that because I mean, of still that is to some extent right to some extent but what was happening was that as as america was ascendant you know america's currency of the dollar and our commitment to the gold standard was sort of the momentum behind that being dominant. And then the sort of the, the, the catch up that you have to do after you essentially default on that promise uh, during the Vietnam War and all that jazz, I mean, is, is that you, you have to kind of force people to use dollars. And I mean, when that you have, is exactly what we did. Yeah. And when you have empire, you can kind of do that. And the British pound, I'm sure, was used much more widely when it was you know, sun never set on, on their empire. So, uh, you know, the, the thing that occurred to me at one point before I got really into Twitter spaces was that, you know, the metal bugs and the Bitcoiners should be friends and talk about, well, how do you actually take something that's relatively scarce, but physical and made of atoms and somehow connect it to this thing that's absolutely scarce and is really useful with the lightning network and all the rest for medium of exchange, all of that stuff and and merge them together and not really merge them in the sense that you, you ruin either one. Just put them in a basket. Well, it, it's more like, uh, it's, it's more like this idea that, uh, you can only re-denominate economies into sats, at least in my head, like in down there in El Salvador, 
they are still dollarized, right? It's a joint currency. Like the, um, there used to be this old debate about silver and gold being uh, the, what was it? The bimetallism yes. used to be this big currency debate in the US. Oh, we should have more silver or whatever it was. But that was a big debate at one time. Well, now what you have in El Salvador is, you know, two, two things. Yeah. I mean, the dollar uh, has to still be, you know, extremely relevant to those those folks, because that's probably most of what you see on menus and things, right, is, oh, it's this many. In fact, I think Max Kaiser even posted a little uh, a uh, spot of him, you know, ordering at a restaurant down there in San Salvador and the menu is all has dollars, you know, you don't actually have a significant change uh, until you price in sats, because then you have to actually address the volatility issue head on and say, okay, well, what's our volatility premium that we as a little restaurant or food vendor or something have to put if we price in sats, because we're not going to go back and change it every five minutes based on the dollar, you know, Bitcoin cross rate. And so if you have high volatility events like we're in right now, too, you have this issue where there needs to be someone to step in. A kind of buyer of last resort to prop up the price for countries to be able to denominate in sats. And not necessarily to prop up the price. This, this is all sacrilege, right? <laughs> to say some of these things. But because you don't want to, as a libertarian, you don't want to encourage the state to go in and manipulate. But at the same time, even if it was all private owners, what private Bitcoin whales sort of working together to dampen down the volatility, um, you know, it would have the same effect. Is that the volatility is what keeps you from getting to unit of account and medium of exchange. And, and we have to address it, you know, somehow. Yeah, and hopefully we keep crab walking around this uh, 25K, sub 30K around there. Thing. Mm -hmm. So we can give institutions opportunities to buy more Bitcoin. This probably sounds more hopeful than anything, but I, I would not be surprised if the Fed... Jerome Powell, Wall Street, the 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 twelve regional Fed banks, the commercial banks, all being in cahoots to keep doing what they're doing, raising rates, mm -hmm. tightening, and uh, still raising like reverse repo payout rates in overseas uh, uh, repo facilities. Just sending all these signals of like, hey, drop what you have and get dollars. And mm -hmm. as they continue to raise rates and to just destroy what demand people have in the stock market and tell people to wake the fuck up, pull back, let everything sell and reevaluate where does my value actually need to be? I, and I think yeah. if they do need to do a bailout or prop up Bitcoin, I mean, right now it's it's a it's a currency war ultimately between the dollar and the e, uh, the euro, and what I like to say is that sorry, it's going to be somewhat yeah. of a, a long monologue. But no, that's all good. But, I just want to say we we're definitely not asking for a bailout because that was a whole point, right? So bailouts are bad. Right? Well, 
yeah. not direct bailouts for corporations and stuff like in 08, but uh, it's really the Fed building itself out by buying Bitcoin. Okay. Um, I think that because it strengthens the Fed the- should go away. Um, well, entirely. I do too. I think the U.S. Treasury should stack cold storage Bitcoin in a vault. They're not going to do that. Tre- Treasury's Davos. Well, no, my okay. My my point in saying that is that if you see the way Bukele, you know, buys the dip mm-hmm. BTFD, right, and just tweets about it, um, why isn't the U.S. Treasury Secretary doing that? That's my point, is that we don't need a central bank, just like they don't have a fiat currency in El Salvador. We, we don't need, so you know, to to, to address that, <laughs> the central bank, the Fed is bifurcating with like the rest of the government, because as I mentioned, they are basically just Davos sleeper cells. Like this current administration wants to embarrass and destroyed America as we know it. Well, that's a whole and, other rabbit hole. And this is why Powell is tightening, mm-hmm. or the people that put Powell in place made him tighten because he. But see, that's the thing. I'm glad he's tightening. No, I'm too. Oh, you are. This okay. is my thesis. Well, this is Tom Luongo's thesis. I mean, it's gonna hurt a lot of people, but yes, but no, you have like, to defend the dollar. That's Jerome Powell is my daddy for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as well as Putin, not really. Well, I, I mean, he's, he's printing money into my put options, whereas I wish I had call options back when things were pumping. But uh, no, I've been just bearish a long time. And so from from never know when it's gonna. From change. what I've heard, basically, uh, your your Gary Gensler's and your Janet Yellen's and even your Christine Lagarde's, like just wrap all that up. Whoever the fuck like runs IMF, Ursula, something. Um, they're basically like all Davos and pro EU and they want to destroy, like they are shooting themselves economically in the foot in, in Europe uh, intentionally because they need it all to collapse and have the people just bow down to them and say, yes, uh, Lord Klaus Schwab, we want our CBDC from, from you because there's no other way, but they want to destroy America first. Hmm. That way, if the EU crumbles, they don't need to worry about the fear of capital flight into mm. the U.S., which is what is happening, mm. which is why you had the announcement last week of, you know, 50 bips and then the stock market rallied. I think that was capital flight. Yes, the next day. That was just a dead cat bounce. It kept going lower. So, Well, it, yeah. yeah, that's why I said it kept going lower after yeah. that because, I mean, people – Corporations always, and zombie companies were yeah. like, oh shit, my cheap money isn't cheap anymore. Yeah. But yeah, the, sure. this is what Powell is doing. He's sure. raising rates, as you and I will probably agree here. He's raising rates and tightening to say, hey, we're not fucking around mm-hmm. because Europe, you are literally trying to kill us and embarrass us. And we don't want to be under your IMF, BIS like system mm-hmm. of monetary control. Because that's what we do here in America, because the commercial banks and the Fed member banks are all shareholders of the Fed. And this is how the U.S. banking system maintains its power and control through this, yes, corporate, if you will, but still ironically decentralized system Mm -hmm. that you fucks across a pond don't have. And we want to maintain our stature and power 
And when you are trying to do these build back better bills and stimulate us out of into oblivion, mm-hmm. where we don't actually okay any of this stuff, then we can't be friends. When you pass the CARES Act and actually allow BlackRock the ability to the Fed window, when that is for banks, I mean, this is in the Klaus Schwab's playbook of corporations mm-hmm. are going to replace nation states. Mm-hmm. Powell and the Fed that is not part of their agenda. And so well, what this is, it is a I mean, fight I- to preserve the power that the banking cartel in the U.S. has. Because after 2008, the global banking cartel basically broke because of like all the bailouts in Cyprus and whatever. Right. But now it's come to a halt. And I think that is why Powell was put in in 2018. Whenever the hell he, he came in, he was mm-hmm. put in because Wall Street, the bank, saw that we can't do this whole global banking cartel thing like you know, there, there's a bifurcation in the mob. And I think this is what they have been trying to do. Mm. And this is their opportunity to be successful. And then one other thing is that um, LIBOR and the euro dollar basically had more control over monetary policy than the Fed did because they were offshore dollars. And so mm. you just have like this scene game like fighting. And mm. now finally in this year the fed is on sofa which is yeah I read about yeah which is based on like a uh, actual market rate between banks and mm-hmm. whereas that they didn't have that before and you had 18 banks meeting in london only one of them representing the interests of the united states which was jp morgan yeah and they basically said oh yeah LIBOR is going to be this and by the way, we're going to keep printing euro dollars. Mm-hmm. And, and now that we're on. So for all of U.S. debt is indexed to that. And there have been other, other um, secured debt like uh, indexes and rates that are starting to spring up, mm-hmm. which is basically kind of like saying fuck you to LIBOR in a sense. And I think this is actually a spark of, of hope because you are actually having people like at the elites, not just in America, but elsewhere that are saying, Hey, we actually don't want this whole like EU, you know, world economic forum, CBDC kind of life mm-hmm. where the golden billion are going to ring over us in this new era of serfdom. We're not going to have that because like the fed is trying to maintain its power. You have people like Greece, just, I think yesterday, or maybe a week ago, but when Christine Lagarde was trying to pass these policies that, hey, you know, you can't do business with Russia or anyone that uh, that ships goods with Russia. Mm-hmm. And you have Greece stand up and they say, uh, no, look at our geolocation. We have a stronghold. And if we wanted to, we could do a Grexit. Right. Because Europe is so dependent on. But anyway, so that just goes back to you have like these secured overnight rates i think that are now becoming like popularized if you will because they don't actually want to commit financial suicide and abide Mm -hmm. by this new world global great reset this is your friendly reminder to rate subscribe if you say the best things they come in threes like rate subscribe if you
If you rate it five stars, we can raise the bar. Subscribe so you can stay in tune. And don't forget at the very end to leave a nice review. Something like I love you, Sue. Rate, subscribe, review, please. Thank you. Not your keys, not your coin. If you're in Bitcoin and you haven't heard this, you're hearing it now. The value proposition of Bitcoin is that you are your own bank. You take complete self-custody of this thing and you don't need to trust anyone but yourself. As Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. And I'm pretty sure that all you Bitcoiner dudes and ladies out there can put on your grown-up pants and take self-custody. Honestly, one of the best options is the Bitbox O2 by Shift Crypto. Because it's just sleek and voluptuous and lovely. And it's user-friendly. And that's what we want out of Bitcoin. We want to be able to store Bitcoin, access it, use it in a way that a toddler can. And that's pretty much what you're getting from the Bitbox O2. You got your cold storage on a hardware device and you can sleep soundly at night knowing that you're your own bank and no one else can come and steal your Bitcoin. And that's all possible with Ship Crypto's Bitbox O2. So if you want to put on your big boy and big girl pants and be a good Bitcoiner and actually own your money as opposed to putting it on an exchange or a bank, let's just call them for what they are, a bank, where they're rehypothecating that Bitcoin. And again, this isn't your Bitcoin. If you put it on there, it's theirs. And so it's not your money they're losing, it's their money they're losing because they're trying to use that Bitcoin to make more money, take the spread, the VIG, if you will, and honestly, they go tits up because they're bad actors and they don't care about you and your wealth because when your Bitcoin's with them, it's no longer yours. So if you want to bypass all of that, go to shiftcrypto.ch and snag yourself a Bitbox 2 Use the promo code BITCOINMADESIMPLE, all caps, no spaces, for 5% off. A Bitbox O2 from shiftcrypto.ch because self-custody is self-sovereignty. Get that Bitcoin in the right hands, your hands. Well, I, I think, you know, I've read most of the things that feed into all the things you just talked about in terms of they're openly admitting, you know, Hey, we should have a great reset. And oh, doesn't that sound great? You know, good. And oh, well, COVID's an opportunity. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's no good. And then all of the agitation around now Russia and Ukraine, right? And so the geopolitics are always relevant to financial markets in some way. Yes. And I used to binge watch tons of Bloomberg TV, and I I, I still do, right? <laughs> but partly because I want to understand you know, the uh, analysis of, of how they are thinking on Wall Street through Geopolitics. these sorts of things, right? You can, I, I the just, cause and effect, right, that they perceive, at least the punditry or whatever, right? The but tail wags the dog. managers on there all the time. You, okay, so this is what mm -hmm. I've really been trying to champion in the show recently. And 
and um all thanks to tom luongo who i'll i'll send you links and stuff okay. but completely changed my way of thinking about the fed about money how this is really a battle of europe versus us or america mm. um but you cannot separate economics from politics because the tail wags yeah. the tail wags the dog and they switch positions on who's the tail and who's the dog okay and yeah, i'll accept that too. and and too many there's too much cuckery on twitter on just mainstream media where people won't touch the, the political side the geopolitical side with uh with a 10-foot pole because maybe whatever hedge fund they're running they have interests or they're managing the assets of people that right that are just running the political status quo and this is why well, it's so important to i think say the quiet parts out loud to an extent because people yeah. can still get canceled but at the same yeah, time that's the only thing we should cancel is the cancel culture yeah <laughs> because it's 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 so ron paul like truth is treason in the empire of lies absolutely and what when you have finance bros censoring themselves it's just doing a disservice to the people that are actually listening mm. and they are probably deliberately censoring themselves because of course they they're just going along to get along and well keep making more <laughs> money. you know bearish talk is is interesting on financial journalism too because um it's one of the ways that you can tell things have really gotten out of hand is when you you get a, a sense that um you can't have bearish people on the news if <laughs> they they're yeah. talking too much about the negatives and the downside consequences and i think they uh, could twist that and make it fear porn though fear well, porn that's sells a another that's a whole nother thing right but yeah. it just in otherwise they of, would have to do the alex jones thing right but just in terms of pumping <laughs> things and or inverting jim kramer or something yeah. like that um and i found it interesting that uh you know there's certain people they they won't have on the shows anymore like you know peter schiff doesn't get invites on on cnbc anymore and that's just an anecdote but since when that's what he said on one of the twitter spaces i think it was one of logs spaces where it was a. Uh, father and son debating a lot of bitcoiners so oh it was yeah a kind of epic space uh that was like were you in on that yeah no i th i think one of my most most like viral tweets because my tweets aren't viral but uh it, it took off because i said what did i say i said just got yelled at by peter shifts the best day ever or something <laughs> <shit> like that <laughs> i enjoyed listening to that because there were some oh, really God. good questions asked and he just you know lost his mind type of <laughs> Dude, he reaction was, he was it was a child um but the thing is is that there are a lot of people and of course he's, he's acting very smug right now any any downturn in the price and uh he gets excited uh like, but i have not look at i, I have this Dow back and forth and with my dad else is going down right now peter sorry well i have a similar back and forth with my dad about bitcoin mm. that you know i've mentioned this on spaces is that uh you know, he he being uh, the the architect of a bubble detector is definitely got you know his his um, alert uh, antennae up very high. Any anytime you know something moves parabolic or you know that there's a lot of hype around it, and so cutting through the hype 
you know, I wanted to kind of find my people and I went straight to the maximalists because even though I'm, I'm, you know, sympathetic to metal bugs, um, politically went straight to the Bitcoin maxis because they're the ones who are kind of taking it to their own, the affinity scammers, right? The crypto bros and all the stuff that's been going on and this crazy NFT stuff. Um, and to me, that's the, that's the moral high ground, right? Is in, in a lot of ways, that's calling it out as what it is and just yeah. saying, look, there are some core elements here that from Satoshi's, what I would call a discovery to the point we're at now, you know, really laid bare the fallacy of Keynesian economics. It, it, there's a whole bigger picture, right? Um, that you have to understand, you know, what, you know, what, happened after 1971 and the end of the gold standard. So a lot of people just would rather number go up. And so if numbers going up for, I don't know, some weird techno kitty NFT or something, you know, whatever crazy thing people are burning dollars on, um, it, it means that uh, they've kind of gotten to you with this inflationism where where you you starting to get in that mindset as inflation gets hotter and hotter, the average person in America gets in that mindset like, oh, okay, I got my paycheck. I really need to burn it <laughs> as fast as possible and not really think too much about it, whether that's to get an NFT or whatever it is. It's like they, they're scared to have just dollars or to be savers of, of their dollars. And that's a symptom of that runaway freight train starting yeah. to take root, right? And so you could either end up with, hey, we're actually going to let risk assets denominated in dollars implode, or you're going to get $300 a gallon milk. Which do you want? You know, because the structural underpinning of the economy was going to be affected. The reality was going to be affected by COVID, by the pandemic, no matter what anybody did to paper it over. It, fiscal and monetary policy does not change people dying from a virus and having everything to ha having to retool everything to deal with it and everyone getting freaked out by the whole response and the you know the worldwide implications and we still have you know crazy shanghai lockdowns right now happening um i retweeted this guy who was uh, you know uh i think one of the few, you know, getting tweets out of a lockdown apartment building, you know, working for some foreign company there. And he was just feeling unencumbered to just say what the situation was. And I was retweeting him as I'm like, this is boots on the ground news from Shanghai of what's going on there. And they were showing pictures too of all the um, backed up ports, right? Going in and out of China right now. So, you know, these things made March, 2020 happen in our markets, right? That big move. Um, that was dramatic. And at that time, I mean, I was, I was a market bear, even at that time, I've been bearish for way, way long. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I was able to throw a very small amount of money on a put option on a Friday, knowing, you know, as that was happening, that you know, those crashes happened very fast and have a 10 X by the Monday open, you know, type of thing, because, it was moving so fast. And on Sunday afternoon, you'd see, you know, hey, the futures are already limit down uh, on Bloomberg TV. <laughs> so, so that kind of thing where, um, you know, in advance that circuit breakers are getting hit because it's so violent, uh, you know, that's 
it's jarring. And I don't know if you remember when oil went negative. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, now we're at the point where everyone's complaining that it's way too positive, <laughs> you know, in terms of the, um, the price of energy. So, it, you know, that's the other thing at 08 and 09 during that crash. I think people really focused on real estate and discounted the role of energy prices and energy price inflation because a barrel of oil went super high right before everything, all the wheels came off in, in 08 and 09. I think it was $150 a barrel. Yeah. You know, I keep seeing charts and I can't give an exact anecdote, but, anecdote, but the just the, the parallels of like, oh, well, you know, this rate was just, I, I think it was actually. Um, like refinancing rates did mm-hmm. what they did like before the, the crash in 08 and just other anecdotes like, well, this happened, but this is happening now. And then this happened before this crash. So. Right. Yeah. Le- and, leading then, indicators. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Leading indicators that- and then I'm also seeing and hearing people say, Oh no, it's, it's not going to be a, a recession. It's going to be a downturn. It's going to be a depression. Well, and I, I think that like it's going to be terrible, and like <laughs> I what think the that fuck I get called, means you know, being reactionary and everything, um, because of that kind of extreme level of, uh, you know, what I had a, a guy and I'm, Howard, something uh, Stern. No, no, no. There was I think he's a VC, uh, but. Anyway, yeah, a guy on, on Twitter called me silly for coming on and saying, yeah, I, I'm, you know, forecasting partly because of the magnitude of this mega bubble that our, our systems detected and everything way back in 2018. Uh, it had just gotten so big, even in 2018, uh, that, that that's why when, when COVID happened and they, and they went even harder and just erased March 2020 forcibly, I was like, this has to be the final inning that whatever, because I thought in March, 2020, when it crashed, I thought um, we were going to go down 90% on the Dow. I thought that was the moment when the wheels were officially coming off um, because we were so fragile going into it. I didn't think they had the tools to do what they did, but apparently they did, but they courted a whole nother kind of I think disaster. you're about to make me buy Bitcoin right now. <laughs> right. You know, it all leads to buying Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, I am like on the, the trigger to like load up my cash app. Well, because it's really, irres- I mean, the, the best way to describe this type of currency management is, is horribly irresponsible yeah like that's that's the way you describe the management of the dollar and so dollarized countries and people and and nation states that have pegged to the dollar know this is really irresponsible what what the heck are they doing i think there are there are places all over the world that know yeah you know um the saudi real is pegged to the dollar and has been you know that's sort of the petro dollar complex which thing. they're saying that i guess which they're saying no we're done <laughs> I don't know. Is that is the unpeg going to happen there or not? Or are they going to manage? They wouldn't take a domestic? call from Biden. Oh well, that's that's. I think that might be for other reasons. Um, I mean, that's that's politics. But the actually, you know, break the peg would be financial news for sure. Uh, maybe it's already. I mean, people are people people are like turning to Russia. Right. Which is actually setting like an example the U.S. should take. Maybe not exactly, but 
they basically force the world on a gold standard or a ruble standard because they are backing that, the ruble by, by oil and, and gold, like, like commodities, right. which they can. I mean, commodities are which still is, important. Which, which is strengthening the ruble because they're, yeah. they're basically saying, hey, do you want this like world reserve asset, which is oil? arguably but it, hold on hold on yeah so, so they're Sorry. basically saying like do you want this okay mm-hmm. you can either pay us in rubles or gold right and so what's stopping like during this 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 crab walk what is stopping the fed from buying up a shit ton of bitcoin and doing i guess the same i didn't really think this out in my head before i said it it's all good this but, is it's i do the same thing i just sort of because the causality and econ, these are complex systems. So you can have so all, fucking all these daisy chains of causation <laughs> yeah. that are unrelated, right? Yeah. And then they intersect. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, what, what just happened? Because it's this kind of confluence of events. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the big thing with Bitcoin is really world trade, is that at this point, what seemed to be happening and what should still happen and i was so happy to see bukele tweet that he bought the dip the other day uh but you know don't just leave it up to him and his nation state treasury i mean uh, no one country's gonna be perfect politically that's for sure but lots of these little countries have things to barter with they have exports or they have you know some amount of reserves or something like that and they can basically be thinking about it in terms of controlling some portion of the world's future uh, money supply. You want our bananas? Pay us in Bitcoin. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't really matter what you export. And I think see that's why I level, paused. That's why I paused with what I was saying. I was like, well, what does the U.S. have? Oh, like, we have all sorts of things. You know, what do you mean, I mean, what do we actually ex- U.S. have? What do we right, what, what right do in what, Texas? What do we ex- why we have energy? Well, I, yeah, I, I know. Right? But but still, what do we export if we are the world's largest importer? Because we need to completely redo the industry here. Because. Well, I, I think and, and I think there have been a lot of answers to that question over time. Right. Like, uh, What do we have? There's well, been we some could say, oh, well, we're what, sort of exporting our culture. Or no, fuck that. A lot hold, of on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What we do, what we could have is Bitcoin. Uh, I think, you know, the internet itself being a global network is what makes Bitcoin relevant as a global money, right? Is, is that if the internet were balkanized, and I think there was, I follow and retweet the little Satoshi bot that just has quotes from Satoshi, original quotes from Satoshi. It's a good one. And uh, and one of the little Satoshi quotes was something about this balkanization of the internet concept is that, well, if one nation really didn't want Bitcoin to happen to them, kind of to affect them in any way, then yeah, they could try to completely ring fence their internet or operate on an intranet, which I think is what North Korea does. Right? Yeah. They, they really try to you know keep everything up. But what about USB sticks? I mean, or different. Yeah. You know, there are all sorts of and satellite data. You know, so he foresaw Satoshi foresaw or whoever it was uh, this leakiness that the internet gets in, no matter what kind of draconian, crazy, authoritarian BS. Yeah, any given government would want to do is that people want to be free, mm-hmm. and so the desire to be free 
and to, I don't know, just live in reality as opposed to some sort of a weird propagandized little cultish nation state, right? Uh, is, is always going to push against that, that Orwellian desire to control people. And, and so I think, you know, we have to be willing to accept, I think around the world, every, everyone does that, that there is going to be more liberty and not less. And that the reason that we feel like there's less right now, particularly after COVID, I know, right. Is because, is because they're panicking. They're, they're panicking. They're yeah. scrambling. Well, to, I mean, if you want to control people and they're, they're like, no, no, we're they don't have don't any other that. option is no. what is happening. They are okay. scrambling to maintain what power that they have because they know that people are standing up. Greece being an example, like sure. I said, uh, people are, are starving probably. But so just to pull on, on my, my theory in parallel to what the U S could do similar to what Russia is doing again, pie in the sky idea, but Putin is strengthening the ruble saying, Hey, we know that you want this oil or Mm -hmm. this soil or this gold. So buy it in rubles. And the U S could beat the world to the punch by strengthening the dollar, not only by tightening QT and raising rates, but Hey, as Everyone does capital flight and rushes to dollars. Now take those dollars and say, hey, during this crab walk, the Fed actually bought a shit ton of Bitcoin. You want this well, Bitcoin? Everyone should oh, buy. Everyone should buy. You want this Bitcoin? Yeah. Pay us in dollars. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> well. Like Putin did with oil and gold, by pay us in rubles mm-hmm. when the world wants Bitcoin. Yes. You you're going to mine, you're going to mine Bitcoin where you can get the cheapest energy, which arguably is Russia. They have the marginal price to mine, uh, to drill oil. Mm-hmm. They probably have the cheapest place in the world to mine Bitcoin. So this is like a race now between Russia and us, like an, a new cold war, if you will. But, but again, Maybe. but if the U S beats Russia to the punch, and I'm not like a like a Russia hawk or anything. I just zoom out and see what's happening geopolitically and the incentives of people's actions. Yeah. But it would make sense, I think, when you have companies like Exxon. I don't. It wasn't like a huge story or anything, but they are mm-hmm. dabbling into mining Bitcoin. And. Right. What better strategy than to beat the world to the punch on Bitcoin when you have a tightening hawkish Fed trying to preserve the credibility of the dollar in treasuries mm-hmm. than to get a head start and get as much fucking Bitcoin as you can. And then, sure. hey, world, you want this? You want to buy some? We'll sell it to you. Give us dollars. I mean, maybe I'm just this is. Maybe I'm just too stupid to wrap my head around some of these sorts of sorts of uh, maneuvers with with currency wars. But uh, to me, it just it just seems like I don't know. If you can create the dollars out of thin air, then or the rubles or any of the the fiats, 
then they don't need right, to. Though. I know, but it just seems stupid. Like the thing, the the idea of okay, I want gold in exchange for this stuff. Like makes sense in my head, right? But as soon as they're like, oh, you know, go go pay us in dollars, pay us in ruble. I mean, or whatever this because this people are selling mindset. because people are selling what currencies they have because they're trash, and they're buying well, they're they're selling their euros for rubles. They're selling their euros for dollars. But if you're saying the currency is trash, I'm asking you, why is it trash? And the answer is always bad currency management. Yeah. If the, if the currency were managed in a way where the, that fiat were defined by some fixed convertibility, right? Where you take something, it could be something else. It could be, Hey, uh, hundred dollars equals exactly one barrel of oil and then they try to fudge that or something sure, you know, but that you could have an oil convertibility window <laughs> if you really wanted to but it's freely trading to some of course then gets manipulated by opec or whatever or now the opec plus but my my point is is that if <laughs> if your chart looks like a step function because it's literally pegged you know that's going to create stability artificially i'll grant you but that creates a, a type of stability when you're actually then trying to have something be used as the money in lots of places all over the world so this that's, I, that's my point right this idea that it's this runaway freight train we just have to get into these currency wars and these these well this very is very unpeaceful geopolitics well, this is you know, how the fed wins me. this is how the fed wins the currency war it's my point nobody wins that just like nobody wins a nuclear war. Nobody wins. Everybody loses. It's just a lot of stupid. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just a lot of stupid. But you see where I'm you coming from, You could peg from, the right? dollar today to the sat. You could do it today. Okay. Just by an executive yeah, order. Not that I'm a fan of executive orders, but you could do it today. You could say, we're defanging the Federal Reserve. We're empowering the U.S. Treasury no, no, over no, no, here. No, 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 no. To pay no, no, no. the dollar to no, the Satoshi. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. The Fed well, stays in. You. No. Okay. This whole conversation was the Fed's doing what it's doing right now to gain credibility. Yes. Right. We came to that conclusion. Well, because they're on autopilot. Yeah. They don't know the real way to gain credibility is, is already right in front of them. They're on autopilot. They think this is the only way to gain credibility. Is no, 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 hurt no. a lot of people no. by raising rates. Yeah. No. Okay. You tell me. They, they already see. Okay, so you, the answer is in front of them, like you said. That that's, that's Bitcoin. Well, right. I, it would be a really good answer. Yeah. Okay. Great. Maybe they already saw that, and maybe all the things that we've been seeing with tightening and raising rates, whatever, that's just part of the process. Well, the issue is that the Fed doesn't have to exist. I think that's the big I know, issue. they, the they think banks. this is the best way for them to keep what power that they have. Because just like, listen, listen, just yeah, like, whatever, just like <laughs> how, I, I know, like that sounds stupid because it's going to end up failing because their central plan are still at the end of the day. But still, just as, yeah. As in Europe, they are scrambling to keep whatever power and control that they have by hurting themselves e economically. Maybe the people running the Fed have the same equal amount of hubris, but are taking the opposite approach.
because they're seeing how effective it is in Russia by strengthening the dollar, Mm -hmm. by demanding that if you want these commodities, you have to pay in rubles. And so the I don't Fed's think it is working thing. for Russia at all. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's a winning strategy for for Russia at all. I, I look at the whole mess uh, with what Russia's doing and and think that it's sad. Okay. Uh, yeah. Russia. And, Russia aside. Dangerous. Yeah. Ru- whatever. Russia yeah. aside. Like, yeah. like. No. The, the point is they are. Quasi backing their currency by commodities, and if. The Fed wants to maintain credibility and gain that trust back. Mm-hmm. Why not do that with Bitcoin? Is my point. Well, and if right. all of these strategies that they are doing with raising rates and tightening and just whatever, trying to force a recession, which will turn into a depression, how could those not be stepping stones to ultimately preserve? the credibility of the dollar by backing it by the digital commodity that's Bitcoin and running their their financial system on that and not Ethereum or Ripple or whatever the EU wants to do. There are a few things to unpack there and I'll try to segment it because that's, it makes a lot of sense to, to think the way that you do but I just, I just think about it differently okay. and, and maybe I'm stupid. I'm probably stupid, but <laughs> the way that I think about it, you're no more stupid than me is just that, uh, we already kind of know, you know, every time Bitcoiners call out the FUD in mainstream media, we already kind of know what this trajectory is that they, that um, we always say they, right. But, but that, is being put forth to defend the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Is that if Bitcoin can be called a commodity and not a currency, if you have to pay capital gains on, on it, um, if there are lots of affinity scams around it. So the tarnishing of the reputation of this headless peer-to-peer, indestructible peer-to-peer network, right? That will allow everybody to have money rather than go to a third party or an intermediary. So the power of that it's coming at them like a tsunami. And the and this is why I sort of tweet out, hey, you know, all banks have zero use case now because then there's an absolutely scarce base money supply and we have websites for crowdfunding. So we don't need any of it anymore. With crowd lending, crowdfunding, all of that stuff is just software. Right. And we have a base money supply but, that's but verifiable. The- so we don't need any of the other stuff, but they can't even conceive of a universe of a society of a world in which there's no banks anymore they being the banks yeah just the banks just bankers and banks and their central bank and their alliance with government the whole the whole currency management structure but but monetary policy but they need to stay relevant by offering bitcoin products well see that's what uh, (laughs) jp morgan has admitted that they see the writing on the wall that's bubble stuff though that, what are you talking that's about? That's jumping on a hype train, right? Is that as long as we're still talking about something that's dollar denominated and you're bubbleizing dollar denominated everything for, for a while by these ultra low interest rates for a long period of time, you're basically creating a situation where eventually the, you blame changing. Bitcoin. Eventually all roads lead to blaming Bitcoin. And that's where we're at. So if, if the dollar price of a Bitcoin 
drops and they say, well, this is a commodity that's dropping really hard in dollar value. Um, it must be a bad thing, a scam, and all. And look at all yeah. these other ones that went to zero. Yeah, in the same category. Some will say that, but there's a split in, in government and power. I'm just well, right? But uh, it's intentional. Yeah, to say this because oh well, a lot of people are going to get hurt because yes. of Terra Luna. <laughs> well. During the dot com bust, right? They, they didn't want to point at the central bank either. They, they'd yeah. be like, "Oh, it's it's pets it's Enron, it's all these different things that are, you know, right. bad companies, bad actors that were boom and bust okay. companies, right?" But you have to go back to the systemic reason that there was even a boom in the first place. And so, the systemic reason there's a boom is if you have direct planning control over interest rates and over the currency zone such that you can crank a bubble up okay. and then let it collapse at will and then blame all the people that when the, when the tide went out, you know, they were swimming naked as Warren Buffett likes to say. Okay. So, so now we're in that moment where the things that are getting destroyed are going to be cryptos are going to be NFTs are yes. going to be all of that jazz and they'll want to then lump it in with Bitcoin. Okay. Guilt by association, right? Okay. And so all I'm saying is that that's that's all a fallacy, right? That's all not true. Is that nation states could maintain some modicum of stability and relevance and even their currency management regimes as much as I'd like to sunset them. They could maintain relevance yes. by utilizing Bitcoin now and stopping. I mean, literally, the chart could stop. You're not. You're not. You're you're agreeing with everything. Yeah, you're not arguing with me. No, I know. I I, I know. Well, that's good. But I I guess we're on the same page. I'm but, not, but, I'm not but, trying to argue. I'm just. This is the way I I see it. Well, no, but you said like there, like what you said. I mean, you told me that like what I said. There's something like wrong with it because of the way I see it. X. But we never. I remember that. But yes, we never came to that X. <laughs> So what is the X? Like, what is, like, where, where's the flaw in my thinking? Because I want to know the flaw in my thinking. But, well, the flaw, made... the flaw that I was noticing was when you were saying, okay, the, that the right way uh, is to ask for dollars or something for trade or. Yeah, trade. you demand, we're going to export you Bitcoin. Do you want this shit? Okay, sell your euros for dollars and then pay us in those dollars. Okay, well, okay. So I don't, I don't see Bitcoin as a commodity though. That's the issue. Well, I don't either. Like the well, way you don't export Bitcoin, then nobody's exporting Bitcoin. That's not no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't get it. <laughs> okay. No, just imagine that the Fed language. No? no, just imagine that the Fed held like X amount of Bitcoin, like a shit ton or whatever. Oh, in their currency reserves. Yeah. Yes. Alongside their gold. Yes. Holdings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you want this, pay us in dollars. But it's the U.S. It should be the U.S.'s the sovereign treasury. Like, no, it should. Yes, yeah. we don't disagree with that. Yeah. But they are going to treat it like a commodity because they're still fucking dumb Keynesians and they think they're central planning to strengthen the dollar. It's going to work. That's going to implode. This is just the stepping stone that they are going to take. And then they'll wake up and realize they're shooting themselves in the foot. Okay. So this is how they win the currency war by thinking they're geniuses and saying, hey, we're going to strengthen their dollar by selling you Bitcoin. But for dollars, if you want our Bitcoin fucking Spain or whoever. Mm hmm. But like that's how they win the current currency war mm -hmm. without having like hyperinflation 
but that will come eventually because people will just lose faith in the dollar mm-hmm. because Bitcoin will be more in front of their face and they'll be like, why don't we just be on a Bitcoin standard? That's how ultimately the Fed loses this war. And when I say Fed, I mean like the US version of capitalism, as we know, with the decentralized like banking system. So Fed, JP uh, Morgan, Wall Street, all the commercial banks and 12 member banks. So that's where I lump into that is Team Fed. And then Davos is just European Union, WEF, IMF, all that bullshit. So that's that that side of the currency war versus Team Fed. Davos versus Team Fed. This is how Team Fed wins the currency war against Europe. Okay. By copy pasting the same idea that Putin is using to back the ruble with commodities, oil, soil, mm-hmm. gold, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they are doing this. The same thing as Russia is, I, I can, again, do you want oil? Pay us in, in rubles. Right. Same thing. Do you want Bitcoin? Pay us in dollars. That's how they win, but it ultimately collapses because people will be like, why the fuck do I have this currency when I just had Bitcoin? And right. that, will, that will be the demise of the Fed. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're describing some dominoes that may or may not fall and in which order they would fall. Um, And I I am too. I'm basically saying the reason that hyper Bitcoinization and unit of count is so interesting to me is because really, if you start thinking of the price, like I track with my pin tweet, I track the silver price in sats, denominated in sats for a reason, because, because unlearning the dollar price of something you know, most people think, oh, it's $20 an ounce of silver or $25 or whatever it is. And they, that's what they think, right? But if I haven't looked at the dollar price in a long time and I'm only looking at the ratio of silver to Bitcoin, then I know it's like, you know, spiked to 74,500 sats per troy ounce because I'm checking it all the time. And most people don't. That's like a very fringe chart to check, you know, uh, that nobody else cares about. But I'm like, I really want to know that ratio because at some point, I think the volatility dampens down between a bunch of different commodities like that and Bitcoin. And to see that dampening happen over time is what I, I really want to see because when that happens, then those menus will flip in San Salvador, right? The, the, yeah. Suddenly you'll see sats as, you know, this many sats for a, you know, for a taco or whatever. So yeah, that's what, uh, you know, I think it's really cool to see treasuries buying the dip and stacking sats. But what would be even cooler is for the average person on the street to feel like that's not only money, but it's good predictable deflationary money that they're happy to save in because and not have to worry about oh i only want to save if the interest rate is this and all the this kind of traditional carrot and stick of of monetary policy right yeah do we have an audience i'm curious is that like what's going Uh, on last i saw there was three people watching the stream oh my gosh this is fun well this is my first (laughs) live stream that's cool oh that's cool three is cool oh mark goodwin liked liked it Let's oh, see sweet. here. If I go, oh, now Twitter we have one well. person. That one person might be me, <laughs> but we'll be so, able to. I, mean, I should retweet this. Oh, yeah, cool. dude, you should. Oh wow, that's kind of my whole thing. 
anyway it's almost eight o'clock isn't that crazy that's crazy i should probably eat now on 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 daylight savings time on the west coast is this being oh wow so this is embedded in twitter yeah like this is very fractal yeah it's a it's a show inside a a tweet yeah dude all right i'm i'm tweeting that i mean there's a shit ton of spaces going on so who the fuck wants to listen to ours is the best for sure ours i mean obviously best yeah I just spewed some fictional alpha of how Bitcoin pure signal, wins. pure signal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. We should get some food. Yeah, we should. Uh, I was going full ramble on on all my old stuff. I was feeling like a little like lightheaded myself, and yeah. just like, oh fuck, it's been really I really, hot I, here. I don't want to do this episode, but then like I got into it. Like this I is why I love it. this shit, and I was just well, like, this has been fun for me yeah dude it was great yeah i think i i came to a a thesis like a a new thesis that isn't completely me uh ripping off someone else and what's like thesis the what you already said yeah 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 yeah, i like it i mean i got really autistic when it came to uh article that i wrote in bitcoin magazine not really sure how many people read that thing but it was from Tom Luongo, he spotted when the Fed started tightening in uh, a year ago mm-hmm. in June during the FOMC meeting when Powell raised the reverse repo rate five bips. Yeah. And it's been moving money ever since then. Mm-hmm. And so I went into detail like, what are the, what is this economic arsenal that the Fed has for as, as mm-hmm. futile as central planning really is? Like, what are these tools that he can use to actually achieve? blah 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 and then like at the end of it i threw in like okay well the banks are gonna have to like be dependent on bitcoin to stay relevant and make money Mm -hmm. but then as the whole russia ukraine thing came about and we see how putin is not on a gold standard but like a commodity standard back in rubles like it was just me spewing these words on this podcast from like oh my god yeah i well i wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that at some point money breaks down entirely because if you just don't want to do business with somebody like what basically what sanctions are are this sort of international boycotting right yeah so if you just don't want to do something with somebody because you hate them or you think they're disgusting or they have lost any kind of moral you know high ground um kind of everybody who's a buyer or seller has the ability to just opt out of a marketplace like that so you can't ever opt out of politics but you can definitely opt out of transactions and just sort of be like no we're not dealing with you we hate you for being you know an asshole and making war when you should just negotiate come to the diplomacy table putin and all of that stuff so i am before this ends, I just wanted to go to the YouTube because this is streaming on YouTube. Maybe oh, cool. more than one person watching on YouTube. Yeah, we should probably not get some. Yes, I know you want to go. No, no, no. We, I, I, I was just I, saying I as well. You, you, you said you were hungry. We should figure out uh, dinner. <laughs> um, what what do you, what do you usually like to eat? Um, as a good question, we'll figure it out. Hold on, I'm gonna see the live stream. Live, who's watching? Oh, one. <laughs> the big one. It's all good. 
convince my wife. Maybe. It, probably it's probably not. just pick, <laughs> picking up me and like my cookies or something. Anyway, uh, Alex, this, this is really awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Me too, Phil. Thanks for, for doing it. So wait, why are you boy names too other than the, the, the famous song? Is it like Sue, like pseudonym? Because yeah. that's not the way you spelled it. Yeah, because my, okay. my Twitter handle is Mr. Sue. And you don't go under a pseudonym, right? Or I No, it's, it's called a, a Boy Named Sue with Mr. Sue, but I go as Phil Gibson. I I started calling myself Phil Gibson, like last name Gibson, because I did a little short internship part-time at the... I hate... So you're not Phil Gibson, is what you're saying. Oh no, I 100 percent am. Oh, but okay. I was gonna. I go, you're saying that was a I, pseudonym. I, I was. I was gonna use my pseudonym, Mr. Sue, when I did an internship at the oh. li, at the Libertarian Institute. And oh, cool. And and really Scott cool. Horn is just like that's stupid. Like, you use like an adult name. I'm like, okay. So uh, yeah, is, is, but your adult name is your real name, or I guess I'm not meant to know. What is real? What's <laughs> that? <laughs> is this real life i know exactly it's it's all a simulation right bitcoin's real yeah absolutely bitcoin's real all right well alex where can people follow follow you on twitter? i'm at ak kaufman on twitter and i retweet a lot i've thought of making a t-shirt that i will just you know some people might think i you're retweet a bot therefore you i uh, I, I do it intentionally because you know you can scroll through it's like a stream of consciousness like you can mute my retweets and then go back to my profile and scroll through and then it's like oh wow these are all the things alex thought was relevant just the same way you go to matt drudge drudge report from way back in the day it's just like it's always changing right alex drudge. kaufman the drudge report of bitcoin and i don't want to yeah <laughs> i don't want to go all in on that comparison they already think we're all right but i'm fascist. a news junkie and i admit that that's kind of like not not the bet and shinobi was annoyed with me i think because i i do this thing sometimes where i go into conversations i find interesting and i, I don't take a side i just retweet everybody in the conversation in the reply thread i'm like i want to put some more people's eyeballs on this conversation it's interesting right? yeah i don't understand what they're talking about i don't know what this is all about some technical thing with bitcoin or maybe even a technical thing with the geopolitics or COVID or whatever it is but I'll retweet everything on there intentionally just to see like, and some, you know, I've had people block me. The wall street silver account actually blocked me because they DM me and they were like, and I wall street silver, if you're listening, you're like, I like silver still and the silver squeeze, like unblock me, bro. Like, that's not cool. Uh, but they blocked me because uh, yeah, DM me. And it's like, I really don't like your strategy of retweeting me and then getting a bunch of crypto bros in my replies. Like, that's what I have Bitcoiners who follow me. I don't know what he was talking about with crypto bros. He's probably lumping them all together. And he thought that people talking about Bitcoin in the silver replies was annoying spam. And that I was to blame because I had retweeted his stuff to an audience of Try harder, pussy. What the <laughs> fuck? I just thought that was so weird. Um but yeah, I'm I am pro the silver squeeze, even though I'm a Bitcoin maxi because I'm like, hey, we should because you like money. We should denominate the silver in sats, right? Like that's that's as maxi as it gets. Is be like, hey, sats are our unit of account, 
but obviously silver still exists because it's made of atoms. Like, you know, we need to yeah. talk about every commodity, everything for which there's supply and demand. It's just a question. I don't have a problem with gold. What's our unit silver. of account? Yeah. What's yeah. our unit of account? If it's the dollar and the dollar's being shitty and it's being managed in a bad way, consistently really bad way. Yeah. We need Bitcoin. We need Bitcoin. We need Bitcoin. Let's 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 end, end the show right yeah. there. Awesome. awesome. And we need food. And we need food. <laughs> we do. We do. Absolutely. Can't buy food with silver though. Uh, maybe maybe during eventually. the Civil War. All right. <laughs> Bye, people. And hi, people. <laughs> and there it is. There you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And again, Alex, thanks for stopping by my neck of the woods. And make sure that you stop by the neck of the woods of shiftcrypto.ch. That's shiftcrypto.ch. Thanks again for them for sponsoring. Grab yourself a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet with promo code Bitcoin made simple, all caps, no spaces for 5% off because it, there's it's just crazy times out there. So make sure you have your money where you need it, which is in your self custody. Anyway, as always, guys, thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, be sure to own your failure because God knows. Our so-called leaders do not. This is Phil Gibson. You've been listening to a boy named Sue on the Bitcoin Made Simple podcast network. So peace out. Sayonara. Adios. Until next time. Toodles. Road